Hey, let's get insight on the Rays. Let's let's bring in a friend of ours right now who used to play there, and we'll talk Reds with him. Will Myers joining the show right now, live on FT. Will, how you doing? Um, and and also, do you think the Rays are the best team in baseball right now? Your old buddies? Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to argue against them. I mean, I I was sitting here listening to y'all's conversation. I do like run differential a little bit. I mean, these guys pitch and hit as good as anybody else in the game. It's hard to kind of argue against the Rays being the best team right now. Thank you, Will. Now, can you take your hat off? Because I want to see your payload. <laughs> of course. Of course. Look at oh, this. Wow. There it is. There it is. It's perfect, baby. It's perfect. <laughs> hey, Will, where, are, jealous. where yeah. are you right now, big doll? You got wooden doors behind you. Where are you at? I'm down in my basement. My, my wife's upstairs, so I just wanted to make sure I uh, had nice. no interruptions. Just down here in, uh, in the basement, uh, just doing this podcast for the first time. That's pretty cool, man. That's it's cool. It looks cool. like Escape the Room. You know those? <laughs> no escape doubt. Room? That's right. That's right. Escape the Room. Dude, you live in Orlando. There's one in every corner. I don't go. I went once. <laughs> so, you didn't hey, escape well, the room. <laughs> hey, Will, talk about yeah. David Bell, man. He's been getting thrown out a lot lately. I had him as a double-A manager in Zebulon, North Carolina for the Carolina Mudcats. And this guy, he was either getting speeding tickets or he was getting thrown out of games, bro. He's tell tell the people how he he's great, man. I mean, I tell you what, uh, he's been a lot of fun to play for this year. He's uh, yeah, he he he's been great. He's been a lot of fun to play for this year. He's he's very mild mannered guy. Um, does a great job in the clubhouse with the guys. But I tell you what, this guy can flip a switch at any given moment. Uh, it's really fun to see. It's uh, you know great as a player to see a manager like that that can have your back in any single moment. Uh, I do like that he's very uh, uh, soft-spoken, but at any moment, man, this guy can flip a switch and uh, really have your back uh, on the field, which is great. No doubt. David Bell, he was he was the hitting coach. I told you the story the other day. So when you see him, ask him about his broken toe when he was flipping to <laughs> I, me. I'll ask him today about that one. Yeah, say, hey, remember that time when I, AJ couldn't hit a ball over 80 exit velo and I thought I could get out of the way and then I smoked him in the toe? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the first thing I ask him today. Yeah, it would be like, that son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> so what's it like for you? Because I, I did the Padres series last year and, and when you guys beat the Dodgers and it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been a part of. Then you went out after that and you bought all the drinks for everybody in San Diego. That was one of the sure. coolest things I've ever seen. Todd Frazier's never done that. Eric Kratz has never done that. I've never done that. So please explain why and who came up with that idea. Yeah, it was cool, man. I tell you what, uh, you know, I've been there for eight years and, uh, you know, we, I went through the whole rebuilding process there in San Diego. And, uh, you know, early on in my career, the Dodgers beat us pretty regularly uh, over the regular season. And uh, I think, you know, just being there in my last year in San Diego, playing against the Dodgers in the biggest series that I had played with them. Uh, you know, to be able to beat them in, in that game, in that series, in the postseason was incredible. Uh, like you said, I mean, I had never seen an atmosphere like that before. I'd played in some postseason games, but never seen, uh, you know, the atmosphere there in the ninth inning of game four there in San Diego. It was uh, unlike anything I'd ever seen. And I felt that uh, after the game, there was just a real buzz in the stadium. There was a real buzz in downtown. Uh, and I just felt that uh, in that moment, it would have been cool to go out uh, and, you know, go to a bar and buy some drinks for the fans. I felt that, uh, you know, in that moment, it was a great win for the city. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, to be able to do that for the fans, leave on a high note was uh, was really cool. What was the total? How much? Are you going to tell us? How uh, much? It was $1,000 flat, actually. So oh, it was okay. uh, right on that line. It was perfect. It was a good story. I'll always remember that number. Did you know you were going to be done? Did you know you weren't coming back to San Diego? Uh, I had a I had a pretty pretty good feeling they weren't going to pick up uh, the large option that was on that, and I felt that uh, you know in that moment it was uh, it was uh, 
probably not best for both sides, but in that moment uh, in, in the business, it was uh, we would just part ways. But uh, I enjoyed my time in San Diego, had a great time. I uh, was able to end on a high note. Obviously, I'd like to beat the Phillies there uh, in the NLCS, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes in the playoffs. Hey, Will, talk about this this up-and-coming young kid. He's tall, uh, Matty McClain. Tiny dude, but he's a, he's a scrapper. He gets after it a little bit. Tell everybody who doesn't really know much about him, you know, unless you're in Cincinnati, how good this young man could be. Yeah, this guy can play, man. And, you know, I saw a little bit of him in spring training, um, you know, play a little bit. I knew he was quick. I knew he had good hands. But to be able to see him over here uh, for the last week and a half, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, he's very energetic on the field. He plays great defense. Uh, I think he's one of the best I've seen at really uh, charging soft ground balls, getting the out. It's something that I feel that, uh, you know, some middle infielders can struggle with. This guy really gets to the ball well. I like what he does at the plate. Uh, he's got a great approach for a young player. Uh, the guy goes out there and has good at-bats each and every day. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch him play shortstop and hitting the two-hole for us. You had mentioned earlier how the Dodgers, during your time with the Padres, kind of beating the brakes off you guys, and then you guys do it to them. I know right. that felt really good. Do you feel like maybe the Padres celebrated that too much and have kind of a hangover this year? Uh, listen, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you know, I haven't followed them too much. I know they, you know, they've, it hasn't went as, as well as everybody thought. But, you know, I think that's a great team in San Diego. They got a ton of talent. Uh, I don't necessarily think there's a hangover. I think there was a ton of excitement there in that offseason with all the guys that they brought in. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, they're obviously very talented. I think they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, obviously, that Dodger team, uh, they do a great job over there. They've been doing it a long time. Uh, they seem to uh, have a way to uh, win 95-plus games almost every single year. So, uh, you know, I know that's going to be a tough one to kind of take down. But I do. I think the San Diego Padres are obviously very talented. Uh, I don't think they'll necessarily have a tough time getting to the playoffs, but we'll see. Will, let's – come on. Be serious here. You know you check that score every day, and every time they lose, you get a little bit of a – you get a little <laughs> bit of a – you should have picked up my option, that big option I had, you sons of bitches. Don't – it's okay. We're all playing. We're all playing. You know how it goes. You have a big option. You're like, man, if they would have kept me for my – $20 million, man, we've been winning, winning way more games. No, nah, man, you know what, dude, I'll tell you what, those guys have a good team. I think it was one of those things that they decided to spend some of that money in, in a different way. Um, you know, it is what it is. That's the way this game goes. Obviously, I, I check some box scores every now and then. I got a lot of good friends on that team, so I like to see how they're doing. Uh, you know, I think they're uh, – I'm definitely not pulling against them. I'm pulling for the Padres. I really like A.J. Preller there. I like Peter Seidler a lot. Um, you know, so I'm pulling for those guys to uh, really do something well there in San Diego. Yeah, well, the thrill. I, I want to bring up something off topic here between you and I. <laughs> hey, let's well, go got, back. Uh, let's go back in the day, dude. You and me, we're with CAA. We're going. We're getting ready for camp. So, long story short, the agency we're with, CAA, they they have guys that are in the minor leagues, some in major leagues, like that. Jeter would come, Ryan Howard. We go down this place in Florida, and we'd work out five days a week, train morning, noon, night, eat healthy, and everything else. And then this guy will all of a sudden he's dunking basketballs like it's nothing. I said, "Yo, let's let's play a little horse, for, you know, for a little, you know, for a little cash." Sure. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering your, uh, your pockets. They they're really empty after that, no? Yeah, I, yeah. After those horse games, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you're remembering it wrong. I was the one that was winning those games. You were the one that remembered you couldn't dunk, so that was why I got those free <laughs> letters back in the day. So that was what it was, man. This guy could only do some trick shots, so bank cute. shots, shots over the basket. You, you, it was a bunch of crap. Great, <laughs> no, you but can look, dunk. 
Listen, I, I, could, I was able to dunk, but it was early in the morning. My, my legs were sore. Anyway, <laughs> who, who does a dunk in horse? Like, that's, guys, wouldn't that be cheating? Like, you got to do trick shots in horse, no? You got to do something to win. Yeah, I, 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 I noticed dunk, my opponent couldn't jump, so I had to play against my opponent and go for the dunk <laughs> with the three letters. Hey, I, w- I was throwing balls up, hitting off my head, popping them yeah. in, off the backboard, behind the back. Like, I was doing MJ stuff just without the dunks, but I just remember I was eating really good. I think I was eating at Ruth Chris that night after everything was said and done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are the master of trick shots, that's for sure. You had them in, in the bag. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. You got appreciate it. appreciate that. Hey, Will, what do you have in the rotation this year for walk-up music? Dude, I've had the same one uh, my entire career. It's Kickstart My Heart, Motley Crue. Uh, I know a bunch of guys switch up their walkout songs, but uh, I've been one of those guys that's kind of kept the same one. I've had it in the minor leagues as well. Uh, just really kind of my favorite rock song, and I feel like it's uh, it kind of fits me well. I just have uh, stuck with it all my career. Never changed it. Not even Never. like a time when you were pissed off or you're slumping or whatever. Your entire career, only one. Entire career. I think I had uh, I think I had uh, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin in the minor leagues for like maybe a month or something like that. But it's it's been Kickstart My Heart by Motley wow. Crue. I like it. I didn't change yeah. mine. Yeah. You never changed yeah. it once? No. I mean, I changed it. I switched teams and they changed it, but that was it. Right. I was right. like, Hey, Scott, I was the same way. Fly me to the moon. The only time I changed mine was when... <laughs> Um, James Gandolfini passed away. I played uh, "Woke Up This Morning." And that's yeah. the only time. That's the only time I changed mine. That's right. People think changing your walkout songs lead to hits, yeah. but uh, no. I just I don't think that's true. I just don't think it's true. And it's hey, good branding. Hey, this, yeah, the, right. this Reds team, bro. Listen, you guys are only six games out right now, dude. I mean, everybody in the beginning of the year, like, ah, oh, the Reds are gonna, you know, do right. whatever they got to do. I know it's only two months. Sample size. Scotty Braun talks about it all the time. Where you'll be at the end of the year, we don't know. But still, you're only six games out. You guys are still plugging along. No Joey Votto. So, you know, where do do you guys see yourself at the end of the year? I mean, honestly, man, I I know the Reds had a tough year last year, really mainly a a tough start. But uh, I think we came into spring – I know we came into spring training. uh, Guys that have been on this team last year were ready and hungry to to not let that happen, come out with a good start. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun being here in Cincinnati, seeing this young team, really seeing – uh, this organization uh, go go from a bad year to a year where we're re- we're really competing on a nightly basis. Uh, you know, we got a great young young group. I think there's a lot of great players that people don't know about. Like you talked about Matt McLean, guys like T.J. Friedel, um, Jake Fraley, guys like that are really good players. India's having a great season uh, after being hurt last year. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun to go into the clubhouse each and every day with this young team. Guys are energized. Uh, you know, I think that guys like Hunter Green, Ashcraft at the front of the rotation are really good as well. Uh, Lodolo just went on the DL, but he's a great pitcher as well. So I feel like the Reds, as we're competing on a nightly basis right now, I like what we're doing for the season. But I think this organization uh, is set up very well for the future. Uh, I know they got some really good prospects in AAA. Uh, this Dela Cruz guy I saw in spring training, he's very, very good. He's hitting the ball as hard as anybody in baseball right now. I've seen down in the minor leagues. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time here in Cincinnati. We're going out there each and every day trying to win each game. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and I think uh, the future here in Cincinnati is very bright. Walk us through the free agent process for you because you really have – you've never gone through it. And then sure. you come out and you sign with the Reds. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? Uh, Cincinnati was a place I've, I've really enjoyed playing throughout my career. I was able to come here a good amount of times. Uh, you know, one thing I, I love being in San Diego. I, I really did. But the, the, the only slight negative to it was I'm from North Carolina. So it's a five hour flight, you know, for my family. So I was looking for something uh, more centrally located. Um, and I, I, it was uh, Cincinnati was really on my mind the entire time. Uh, it's a place that I enjoyed playing. It's, it's a good ballpark to hit uh, hit in, as everybody knows. Uh, so that was one thing that uh, that really brought me to uh, to Cincinnati, the location and a good place to hit. Have you ever had or seen therapy sessions with pitchers about saying it's okay? This ballpark sometimes sucks for you and is awesome for us. Sure, I mean you know it is what it is. I think uh, I think everybody that go, comes to plays here understands uh, the, the the ballpark, and uh, I think our pitchers have done a nice job. But uh, yeah, it definitely favors hitters. Um, so, uh, no, I definitely don't give any pitchers any therapy th- uh, sessions. They get they get four balls to our three strikes, so I don't feel bad for them about it. Yeah. yeah. Do, they, yeah. do they sell you on that when, when you spoke to them? Like, well, have you seen our ballpark? <laughs> uh, I, I already knew that. I, obviously, that was something that they mentioned, but uh, I already knew going into it that it was a great ballpark. I really like the right field here. The ball flies pretty well. Uh, it's one of those uh, one of those things as a hitter, you're not afraid to get jammed, which is nice, and uh, can – uh, uh, squeak some balls out to right field, which is uh, nice every now and then. Have you had Skyline Chili? And how fast, if you have, how fast did you end up in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have not had it yet, man. Everybody keeps telling me to go. Uh, I definitely need to uh, to make time and go check it out. I heard it's you know chili with with uh, some sweetness to it, which is which is interesting. But uh, I think I'm gonna have to give it a try and uh, see what uh, everybody's talking about. Yeah. Sean, Sean Casey will take you, and he'll have oh, – he'll, he'll just devour the heck out of it. Even, how about Grater's Ice Cream? You have Grater's Ice Cream? Grater's is great, actually. They sent me some ice cream. It's really, really good. Uh, my wife my, my wife loves it as well. So it's uh, Grater's is a good spot. Uh, I, I do enjoy some ice cream. Hey, <laughs> have you spent any time or, or communicated with Vado maybe back in spring training? Because is he with this squad right now? Yeah, he's been going back and forth. So I saw him in spring training. He's obviously coming back from his shoulder. You know, that one of those things that need to, it can take up to 12 to 18 months to really get back uh, where you're completely healthy. So he's working hard every day. Uh, he was in the clubhouse yesterday. I've been able to see him a decent amount uh, throughout this season. Uh, you know, we're all anxious for, for his return, but we want him to come back healthy. Uh, he's a great player. He was, uh, and, and that was another reason wanting to come play here as well, to play with a guy like that, a future Hall of Famer. Uh, so we're, we're all looking forward to uh, getting Joey Votto back. He's a great did, player and uh, great for the clubhouse as well. Did, did he say anything like funny or stand out to you? Because like, dude, he's just a walking soundbite. Yeah, no, he's great, man. He hosted uh, he hosted Red's Got Talent uh, in the clubhouse where we had some guys come up and, and perform some things. And uh, he did a great job as a host of that. Uh, he was a lot of he was a lot of fun. Very funny. He even had um, he even had a um, an act as well and got up there and did it. And it was uh, it was really good. He's he's been a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, he wants the, he's he's hysterical. Once he loosens up, dude, there's nothing better. So my my last thing, and I'll let you go. I want I just want to get this story straight here because AJ didn't think I did this. But do you remember when I threw out the first pitch for the Reds? I do. Was it a strike or a ball? It was a strike right there. Thank you very much. That, that's yeah. it. No, no, don't that's, even that's need to say anymore. Don't need to say anymore. Appreciate that. <laughs> so Wait, who, well, caught, who, Will, who caught it? It wasn't you, right? Luke, Luke it Perry. wasn't me. No, I don't remember who caught it, it but it I remember Luke. he caught it right here in his chest. Thank who you very it? much. So yeah. that bottle of scotch that you still owe me, AJ, I'll give you my address later. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Wait for wishing one hand and shit in the other. See which fills up after. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's, that's some down south stuff. I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, last thing, I'm giving away the ball that I threw, um, a giveaway on Foul Territory TV on Twitter. So I want everybody to tell the boys and girls in Cincinnati, check it out. All you got to do is follow. And uh, look at that form. Beautiful. Oh, wow. That is nice form. Did you have All a great stop, Father? And, re- and, and, if you re- and if you retweet it, everybody listening out there, all right, there it is. There Sign it is. first pitch ball, follow Foul Territory on Twitter, retweet for the Frazier giveaway, and it goes live 3 p.m. today. Enjoy that. Will, you can even retweet this because I know you want this ball. <laughs> I do <laughs> want that ball to strike, man. Thank you, bro. Hey, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks again, and good luck the rest of the way, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Will. Appreciate good it. catching up, dude. Appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Later. When we get heated, we bring in guests to help settle the score. And that is <laughs> what Ryan Divish is about to do. Been covering the Mariners for quite some time. Friend of mine writes for the Seattle Times. We've spoken on TV. This is a better platform for us to really let it go. And he is very allergic to eyewash. That is a great shirt. I love that. Ryan, how you doing? And have you been listening to this uh, friendly banter? A little bit. Uh, I heard you guys arguing about the central. And so um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I believe in the Brewers just yet. I probably still pick the Cardinals, but man, watching Wilson Contreras catch sometimes is pretty painful. When he was here, it was right before he got benched when they were in Seattle. And you could just tell him and Jack Flaherty weren't on the same page. And Miles Michaels weren't on the same page. And the one thing about him is he's so emotional. After he has a bat at bat, he would take it into the into his catching. And we saw him get ejected in one of the games as well. So, I mean, like, nobody ever believed that he was the best defensive catcher in the world. But I think when you have problems there, that leaks into a lot of things going forward. I mean, AJ, I'm sure, can speak to that. Yeah, and Kratz. But okay, so let me take you five minutes back before we got to the Central because this was sparked again by the AL West and fun differential. So (laughs) you've dealt with this a lot covering Seattle. They seem to be the poster team for a stat like this because it hasn't mattered as much. My, My case that I was making, Ryan, was just that last year, Seattle getting knocked for their fun differential. I think that it, it started pretty lopsided and then it kind of evened out for most of the rest of the year. So I was like, no, they're a good team and they win close games and they made it to the playoffs passed around. So I think that the run differential didn't really tell the story that well. No, you're right. I mean, like it, last year and even the year before, they were unbelievable in one run games. And and we all know that there's a little luck involved, but they made their own luck. I mean, I remember a game last year. I think they threw two or three Yankee runners out, two at home plate in an extra innings game that they won, that Luis Castillo pitched. It was the craziest game I've ever seen. They were really good at executing defensively in the field. And, um, you know, their their bullpen was unbelievable the last couple of years. And that's how they won those games. But I, I think it just wears on you. And you're seeing that this year. They're 5-14, and 14, I think, or 6-14 and 14 in one-run games. Because it just – like, you play that many games – the, the numbers even out, the luck factor, you know, they don't have Andres Munoz. They've been dinged up a little bit in their bullpen. And, you know, the the their situational hitting has been flawed. I mean, AJ saw them over the weekend in, in Atlanta. That's their problem right now. And you look at the team, you think, well, they should be better offensively than they are. The whole point of their offseason was to try and get a little bit better so they didn't have to rely on the fun differential. Because I, I think – you look at it, I just, I think it's a tough way to live playing that many close games like that. Hey, my question, you talk about quality starts. 26 quality starts, as I read, tied for most in MLB. 
I mean, that's going to keep you in games no matter what. So what do, what do you what do you think the attest that is too? Is that to the you know pitching coaches or to the them having meetings and viewing during the beginning of the year saying, hey, listen, let's build this off. So because we do have they do have a good bullpen, so you know we can give them a little leeway, give them a little break sometimes. Yeah, they're. I think they have the best overall starting rotation in baseball. I mean, you look at it. You know, Marco Gonzalez is your number five. He's the guy that made 32 starts last year and had a 4.01 ERA. That's you'll take that from a number five every day of the week. A lot of people would kill to have that number five. Um, the Mariners are good at pitching. They've learned to kind of draft, develop fine pitching you know they pulled Paul Seawald off the scrap heap you know Gabe Spire was a waivers claim Justin Topa was a a trade for cash considerations all these guys they, they understand pitching and it's really simple like they sit there and say hey we just find out what you do really well and tell you to do it more but they've done that for the last few years I mean like even like in 2021 uh Drew Steckenrider was a guy that had some he gave him one really good year and then he kind of flamed out but they did that so they're they're really good at pitching and you look at Bryce Miller, who's starting tonight, he's a guy that was a uh, late, late blooming pitcher, didn't really pitch until he got to college, was a reliever, started one year kind of, but they just looked at their analysts, looked at his fastball and said, hey, this thing has got ridiculous spin rate. It carries through the zone. He can throw it wherever he wants. Let's take him in the fourth round and see if we can build him into something and look what they've got. So, you know, when they took Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, you know, they weren't sexy picks and they weren't like, you know, these were guys that had some questions coming out of college, even a little bit like Kirby threw a ton of strikes, but people didn't know if he had the velocity or if he had the secondary stuff. And they've helped develop these guys into something more than they've been, you know, Andres Munoz, they get in that trade with the Padres. They're, they're good at finding pitching and that's huge for them. Brian, that's great about pitching, but at some point you got to score some runs. Oh yeah. Like you mentioned, I saw them on Saturday, and they, they beat the Braves on a bullpen day. Julio Rodriguez walked. He's been kind of non-existent offensively. Ty France hasn't done much this year. J.P. Crawford's been kind of the guy that's righted the ship for him. What the heck's going on with Julio? What the heck's going on with the Mariner offense? Yeah, it's it's been painful to watch. I mean, like if they didn't have – it's crazy to say this. If they didn't have Jared Kelnick and J.P. Crawford and Jose Caballero – they'd be screwed. I mean, they really would be, you know, the guys that they expected to produce this year, whether it's Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, um, Teoscar Hernandez, who they went out and traded for, they just haven't been, you know, Ty's been good for stretches, maybe not what we've seen from him. And he just got hit last night and could be out a little bit. Um, but Julio just seems to be in between, you know, it's funny. I asked him, I met, we were talking in spring training. I said, do you understand that you're going to get a different kind of treatment this year that you're going to get maybe three really good pitches to hit a night. And if you miss them, that might be the only three you get a night. He says, no, no, I got this. I got this. But what we saw is when the Mariners offense started to struggle, Julio tried to take it upon himself to like pull him out of it. And what he did is he expanded the strike zone. He started swinging at every slider low and away and all the stuff that made him good last year, the discipline to the strike zone has been kind of gone. I mean, you saw it. And what happens is, is when you're so cognizant of that slider away, it never allows you to be on time for the fastball that's 96 in. And we're seeing him get beat on fastballs that normally he would just pulverize. So he's just in that in-between stage. I think we've seen, you know, like the other night he had some good swings, but it's it's the discipline of shrinking the strike zone and getting getting the pitches you can hit and then not missing them. And he just hasn't done that consistently. We watch a lot of baseball on this show. We played. We love watching it. 
but Seattle just never gets enough credit for people watching them. Who, who should be somebody that we should know about that the average fan or even, you know, above average fans like we are, who should we know about in Seattle? Well, I, I honestly, like the pitching is ridiculous. Like George Kirby, I mean, I, we always joke because he looks like he's straight out of the Wall Street district. You know, he's a kid from Westchester County, but, you know, like we're joking. He would be great at doing your taxes because you look at him. He just doesn't look like a pro athlete. But, man, that guy is a killer out there. You know, it's funny. He is so talented. Last year he was in the bull, bullpen watching Robbie Ray get ready for a start, and Robbie Ray was throwing a two-seamer because he needed it. And Kirby goes, well, how do you hold it? And so Kirby went out there. He threw six two-seamers off the mound in his bullpen, and they all had just nasty movement. He took it into the game, threw it 15 times next outing. Now he throws it at 97 miles an hour at a left-hander's front hip, and it'll dart back into the strike zone. It reminds me a ton of Kendall Graveman sinker. I mean, who does that? Like, how talented can you be where you can just go out and do something like that? Uh, I love watching him pitch, and he's kind of got a little nasty edge. You know, he's got the the strut. He ran one in on Acuna the other day and just stared at him like, yeah, I don't care if you're – you know, because, uh, like, let's be honest, Acuna is a bit of a drama queen. Anything that comes inside, he hits the deck and is laying around. It reminds me a lot of Segura. But, like, Kirby just stared at him. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to throw it in there again because that's my half of the plate. And that's what I love about the Mariners pitching – Gilbert, Kirby, even Luis Castillo, that they throw inside. They establish the inside half of the plate. And I think in this day and age of hitters that can really elevate and celebrate, you got to do that. So I, I really – George Kirby is going to be their all-star if he stays on this pace. He is that good. And, I mean, I really – I didn't know a lot about him, you know, when he first came up. But, man, it's it's ridiculous. So you're saying that Acuna is a lot of eyewash? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't – it, that catch he made when we were there, he made a catch on Cal Raleigh's yeah, oh ball. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Like he is that, like the first, all three games, him and Matt Olson hit every, the first two at bats every game and got runs. I mean, like that's, that's that, that team is stacked. And like for the Mariners to actually play with them the way they did, considering they're not hitting, I thought was, was pretty exceptional. It speaks to how good their starting pitching is. So, so Ryan, you mentioned the pitching who, who's, who was kind of, no one knows about when I was there and I talked to Scott Service. He said J.P. Crawford. We asked him that exact question, and the guy he brought up repeatedly was J.P. Crawford. Explain how good J.P. Crawford has been for this team, not only defensively, but since he went to the leadoff spot. Yeah, he's been – like he's probably one of their most competitive players. Um, and I think the thing with J.P. is, you know, over the years they've lost Kyle Seeger, you know, he retired, Mitch haniger has gone – He's become a kind of emotional leader, the the guy that kind of gets him to go. And he's just been better than he's ever been. Part of it is he's healthy. You know, he made the mistake, and many players do this, of diving headfirst into first base last year on a play that he didn't need to. Messed up his back, and it never really got better, and he had to play through it. This year he's healthy. He went to driveline in Kent, Washington, did some work on his swing, stayed in the ground a little bit more, used his legs a little bit more. And we're seeing him, his exit velocity's up three or four miles per hour on every ball. I mean, he hit a ball 110 miles an hour the other night. I don't think that was possible for him. But, yeah, he's been – I mean, without him and the way he's doing things, it'd be huge. It'd be a, they'd be a huge disappointment. And it, it's crazy. Like, he was this top prospect that kind of washed out in Philly. And we were talking to him. He was going to quit baseball. I mean, he just hated baseball from playing there. The Mariners traded for him. They went and got him. And uh, D. Gordon and Kyle Seager just kind of said, look, you've got to learn to love the game again before you're ever going to be any good at it. And and 
you know, it's been important for them. They've been trying, you know, like Mariners fans have been all upset about how they haven't gone out, got Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, all these guys. And I don't think any of those guys really wanted to go there in the first place. But J.B. Crawford's helped kind of like quiet that a little bit. He's been so good. And really, he wants to be here. You know, and that's tough to say for people in Seattle, like to come to Seattle. Seattle doesn't get free agent hitters. They just don't. It's 20% over market value. I mean, that park is a tough place to hit in, you know, the location, everything else. They don't get free agents. So you better find guys that want to be here and learn to produce. Is Jerry DePoto really good at trades or does he just make all the trades? And he's like, see, see, look what I did. I mean, like, I'm surprised he hasn't traded for any of you guys at some point in his career. I mean, there's been like 140 of them. So um, I, I, I think that's part of it. They have to trade because they are, they struggle to get free agents in. I think he's been limited by ownership uh, in terms of what they're willing to pay, which is absurd to me. I mean, like, you know, the, the, people come here. They own their own television station. They 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 should have spent more this offseason. Granted, there wasn't great fits, but, like, do more. Do more. After what happened last year and all the excitement around it, they should have done more. They were a bat short coming out of spring training. They're still at least a bat short now. And, you know, that's going to be their downfall. Like, they talked about winning the division this year. But I don't think that's happening. Um, they'd have to go on another run. And I don't know if I see that because the offense has been so so hit and miss. So, yeah, DePoto's had to trade because they just haven't been able to get free agents to come here. Okay. No free agents. There's a huge free agent on the market. And Seattle has a long history with Japanese stars. Otani in Seattle? Makes sense. Oh, I would just hand him a check and say, what do you want? Here's a list. <laughs> Write down everything you want. What do you want? Because he's like, like seriously, if you think about it, he's the only free agent that pays for himself in, the, in terms of drawing people in, interest, everything else. And because of Seattle's history, Seattle finished second the first time around on Otani. And a lot of people thought he's out of respect to Ichiro and didn't want to follow Ichiro and all this other stuff and didn't want to overshadow it. You know, they have a better relationship now. I know Otani likes Seattle. He's comfortable here. Um, most people believe he's going to stay on the West Coast. And I think the Mariners are pretty much willing to operate on his schedule. You know, he, he pitches every six days or every, I think it's every every fifth day or six days. You know, it's a different look. They'll do whatever it takes. And they're also into all the stuff that he likes, the biomechanics, all the, the therapies and stuff. They'll do whatever it takes. But it's, again, it's the presentation. And you got to be willing to write a check. Like you this is my thing about the Mariners. They can sit there and say they want to win. The Mariners ownership can always sit there and say they want to win, but like it takes balls to try and win. It takes risk. You got to have some courage and you got to be able to, to screw up every once in a while and say, yeah, we screwed this up, but we were going for it. And, you know, we're as going as hard as I can. So we tripped and fell. We we're not, you know, money isn't the issue. That's been their problem. Like they don't have the courage, at least the ownership doesn't have the courage of what it takes to win because they haven't gone all in, you know, I mean, like, you know, right or wrong, A.J. Preller does it all the time. He throws it out there and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, and I think take some risk. Believe in what – believe in your scouting. Believe in your, you know, your evaluations and go out and get some guys. With Otani, the one thing, too, is, like, I don't think he really – from what I've been told, he doesn't want to be locked into 10 years. He, want, he wants opt-outs. He looks at what happened to Mike Trout. He's like, I'm not getting stuck into something like this. So he wants opt-outs after two and three years or three and four years because, you know, he wants freedom. Mariners will, I'd give it to him. Hell, give him 65, 70 million for eight years. I mean, like, you know, what's the worst? If he opts out, if he opts out after three, that means he's done something 
or you've been either really bad or he's done something to get more. And that means you've probably been really good. And if that means you get to a world series, then do it. Like you look at what their problems are, you know, they could use one more starter. If they, if Marco's done, they need a DH with some power. I mean, like he fits perfectly. So yeah, make a run at him, you know, because they haven't been able to get the bat they wanted. You know, they, they didn't get Matt Chapman a couple of years ago. They didn't get Brian Reynolds this off season, although they tried everything they could. Like they tried to get these power bats or these bats to help their offense. And they just haven't been able to do it. What about the Cano contract? That was a big, <laughs> yeah, that was a different ownership group, but yeah, like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how they did it. You know, they gave him 240 million versus, I think the Yankees were only going to give him 175. And when they got Nelson Cruz, everybody was going to give three years and they gave him four. Now that contract paid itself off like double, but like, that's the thing you have to be willing to push past what the market is. You can't just sit there and say, well, the market's too extreme for us. We don't want to do that. Well, the market is what the market is. And if you need help or if you want to win and you know that you're short, you know, because you're giving up prospect capital. The Mariners are really good at developing prospects and turning them into something. But you you give up prospect capital after a while. You can't replenish it easily. And then you get into big droughts. So I, I think, you know, don't be afraid to spend. I mean, like, you look at Otani. He fits next year. Matt Chapman fits next year. Those are guys they need to look at. Will they do it? I don't know. But, you know, they're making a lot of money on this off this, this product. And I think it's kind of irresponsible not to kind of push it to the next level because you know, this is a team that's never been in the world series. It's the only franchise that's never been in the world series. You know, do you want to carry that? They just carried around 21 years of never make, of not making the playoffs. You want to still carry around the moniker. You've never been to the world series. And they're going to get to show off the city too at the all-star game. And we know who's going to be there. So do you think going back to your earlier point, they didn't do as much as you expected because they said, Hey, Next offseason, we're loading up. Look, the Dodgers are loading up, too. They didn't go nuts this past offseason. We're not going to be beat on price. If he doesn't come here, it's because he didn't want to come here, not because we couldn't offer him enough cash. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I think that that's in the back of their mind. But, like, they're not, like, flirting with the luxury tax the way the Dodgers and all these other teams are. I mean, they have plenty of space to go do it. And they have the money to do it. I don't, I don't want – there no Seattle owner should ever say we don't have the money to do it again. It's a risk, you know, it's a financial risk, but you go do it. So yeah, they, they, they need to, they have the money to go do it. I, I just think, you know, you want to make this place as attractive as possible for him to come too. You know, you want it to have a, a pretty good team in place. I don't think he needs to go to the best team, but he is not going to go, you know, he's not going to take the worst team and just go play out of comfort. He wants to go where he's going to compete for a postseason. All right, let's finish with this. Just size up the AL West because you see this division. Not as much as you will in the past because of the more balanced schedule, but what do you think of the rest of the division, especially, I mean, Oakland, it's another story. Yeah. But, you know, what, what the Angels are doing, what the Astros are doing, some injuries but still being the Astros, what have you seen? Yeah, very happy not to have to see Oakland as much this year or go to Oakland as much this year. What do you mean? You want to play uh, Oakland no, this want year? Oakland. You want to play Oakland yeah, this the year? Uh, who cares where you play them? Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, but I gotta sit through and watch it. I don't care. I like, I don't. Oh, you. I just cheer. Yeah. I cheer for. I cheer for outs. As I, as Tom, uh, Tom Allison, the old scout for the Mariners, says, we cheer for outs. We want to get through this. So, uh, now, I think Houston is still the best until you, till somebody proves otherwise. You know, like everybody thought they were down. All of a sudden, they ripped what ten of twelve off. They're still really good. Um, I wonder how long Texas will sustain this offense and how their pitching holds up. 
You know, it used to be last year, you get to their bullpen, you could beat them. And you just really never know with the Angels. Like, for a while there, the Angels were really good last year, and they fell apart. They still don't. I think they lack depth in their pitching. Um, and I, I don't know where the Mariners are at. Like, they, they're starting to get healthy, but, you know, offense is going to be a problem. Until Julio gets going or and Teoscar Hernandez gives them something, offense is going to be a problem for them because, you know, they just don't – they just don't score runs. They don't – you know, one game you'll see it, and then the next game, and then it disappears for two games, and that's a hard way to live. But I, I until the Astros are beaten, I'll always pick the Astros. Can we get the one shot of Scott and uh, Ryan? Can, can you switch me for Ryan, please? Ryan, I, Scott wants to know whose bicep. No, I don't. Vein Why is do you bigger. Make that a thing. You're looking at <laughs> look at those bicep veins. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at that. I'm wearing the uh, Tom Murphy Schmedium T-shirt, apparently. Dude, dude. By the way, I've never seen him. He's jacked. Tom Murphy. Oh, yeah. I had He's, no. I, I yeah. was like, who is this? Jack. He looks like Gabe Kapler. <laughs> oh yeah, he, that dude. Like he had this whole. He had he. That guy listens to more like Pantera and Slipknot than any human being. He has this like uh, plan for metal yoga. He was telling me he wanted heavy metal yoga. <laughs> I don't know. Like you guys got to hear this though. So when I first, my very first job covering baseball the guy says hey why don't you go in and um, cover this White Sox series and I didn't understand why well apparently the guy had written this is right after the Michael Barrett AJ Pruszynski thing the guy had written well who hasn't wanted to punch AJ Pruszynski in their life and AJ is in the clubhouse checking IDs to see if are you this guy this guy's name is Darren Bean are you Darren Bean are you Darren Bean because he was kind of yeah he was the guy from the Mariners (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. he got mad because he asked me about a bike yeah, yeah. I, we won a bike one night out in Swanee's. Remember the old Swanee's in Seattle? Yeah. So we, Chris Widger and I, who played there, we won a bike. It was like a pedal bike, and Widger wanted the bike. So we were riding around in the clubhouse. He came up and goes, what's the story of the bike? I'm like, don't worry about it. It doesn't concern anybody. Yeah. And then he wrote this article about, yeah, so continue. Yeah, okay, I don't yeah. Know that guy so is. then like – so then I didn't understand why he wanted me. He didn't want to cover that series anymore. And he wanted me to go down in the White Sox clubhouse. And all of a sudden, AJ is like checking credentials. I'm like, what the hell have I got myself into here? <laughs> oh, my God. You and the media, man. See, that's fun, though, for me. When when uh, you're going out of your way and checking credentials to go talk <laughs> to the guy, it's not like AJ is going to, like, beat your ass up. Like, you're, you're going to – You might verbally assault you. You're going to give him shit. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, like – I was just like that those first three years covering the Mariners. Cause like, then I went full time 2008, they lost 101 games and it was the biggest collection of assholes I've ever been a part of. And I sat there <laughs> like, I'm sitting there like we're, they're terrible. John McLaren, the manager, he hated me. He got fired a week, like a week later. I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't do this anymore. This is like the job I always wanted. And right now I'm ready to throw Eric Bedard through a wall. And like, you know, <laughs> Richie Sexton just stared at me with hate, you know, and Jeremy Reed hated me. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is not good. And it was like the worst team I've ever covered. And I've covered four 100 lost teams. And that was wow. the worst one because they were the first $100 million payroll to lose 100 games. But Vasey got fired, McLaren got fired. And that was the start of, I think, the eight or nine managers I've covered since then, too. Why were they mean to you? Were they just like pissed off about losing or were they reading your articles? Well, a bit of both. I don't know. Those guys didn't read unless it was a hunting magazine. Those guys weren't reading. Come on now. I mean, like I, I was like, I said to Sam Haggerty the other day, he was reading a book. And I go, man, you can't be reading books in a clubhouse. That's you're going to get a bad rap. Like it's hunting magazines, you know, stuff like that. Or look on your phone. 
So no, it was, uh, it was just brutal. They were bitter. It was a lot of older veterans. And like you guys know too, there's nothing worse than a September when you're on like a hundred loss team, the August and September, when you're way out of it, that's the most miserable place to be in a clubhouse. No doubt. Yeah. No that's, doubt. That's good shit. Well, hey, better teams, even though they've got their ups and downs right now, enjoy the ride right now. And especially I would I would stay on the roller coaster because it, it might involve Otani for next year. So we'll be talking again. Ryan, great yeah. to have you on, man. Good catching up. Uh, see you guys.